Well, welcome to Christ Journey Church Online Sunday. I'm Pastor Bill, and very excited for us to be gathering together like this with our groups, with our families, with our different congregations, and not only here in South Florida, but across the nation, around the world. We welcome you in Jesus' name today. And on the threshold of a new year, a new beginning, a uh, door is opening, a new horizon is before us, and we're praying for a fresh filling, a fresh anointing of God's Spirit upon us as His people in fulfilling His will in our world. So to that end, let me tell you, 2020 is right in front of us. Now, maybe you've heard of 2020 vision. I gotta tell you, God's vision for your life, for our life in His kingdom is larger than 2020. And so today, you're going to be hearing about a vision forward for Christ's journey in your life. And it's a vision that will call you to a sharper edge, E-D-G-E. -E. Our pastors are going to be sharing from their perspectives and their congregations, but all toward the end of sharpening our edge together, our evangelism, our discipleship, our generosity, and our empowerment as we seek to share the gospel and multiply it around the world. So I can't wait for what is about to come. And to introduce us to that, here's Angie Lopez. Welcome to All Church Online 2019. My name is Angie, and for the past few years at Christ Journey Church, we've chosen to use the last Sunday of the calendar year to gather with our families and our groups our tribes, our posses, whoever you find yourself spending this unique week with between Christmas and New Year's. We do this not only because we know families and friends are traveling to visit each other, but also because Church Online provides a way for us to gather in more personal settings, to more quickly engage in conversation and get specific about what applies to your life right now. So, people from our campuses from the edges of Miami, Florida, aren't meeting in their buildings today. Today, we, the church, are meeting wherever we are, wherever you are. So welcome to church. A big hello to everyone joining us from our Coral Gables campus, our Kendall campus, our new Miami Beach campus, and a special welcome to anyone who is connecting with Christ's journey for the very first time right now. We're glad you found us here, and we're excited to spend the next few minutes with you. We are in the edge of another year, but not just any year. We're headed into 2020. 2020, the edge of a new decade. Now for the past few months at Christ Journey, we've been coming around this idea of being a church on the edge, in a city on the edge, for a world on edge. And joining me today are some of our pastors who are gonna help us sharpen our edge in ways that will not only deepen our own experience of life on the Christ Journey, but will also help us help other people along the way. Before we get going, here's a quick reminder of what we mean by edge. We literally mean the E-D-G-E -E of it. We mean evangelism, telling your story, discipleship, always being a learner and a teacher, generosity, giving in a way that matters, and empowerment, helping others step into the future God has for them. You have a story. You are a teacher. You contribute in ways that make a difference. And you can live a life that is full and free helping others. So here's Pastor Ralph to get us started. Amen. 
What do you first think of when you hear the word evangelism? Many thoughts come to mind, right? Maybe your first thought is of someone standing in a street corner proclaiming God's word. Or maybe it's someone knocking at a door asking you if you know who Jesus Christ is. It could also be someone standing on a platform talking about who Christ is and what he has done for us. But it also could be a conversation between two people in a more private setting like a coffee shop where they're talking about who Christ is. But when I think about the word evangelism, my first thought is embodied in this one not so simple but simple action, love. I say not so simple action of love because what God did for us is merely impossible for me to think about. But the simple part of this action is what he calls us to do, is to accept who Christ is and what he has done for us and to share this message with others. In the Gospel of John, God's love is spoken about in a very familiar scripture and maybe you've heard about it before where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This action is the not so simple part where God gave his one and only son to provide us with eternal life by taking on the weight of our sins on the cross. And not only did he die on that cross, but three days later, he was victorious and rose again from the grave. This sacrifice provides us with an eternity with him if we accept it. But why would God give his son? Why would God do this? I know that it was a love, but I believe that the following verse after John 3.16 provides us with the answer. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Sometimes I feel like God is punishing me or condemning me for my sins and brokenness. But the truth is that Jesus entered this world to meet us in our brokenness. Then he paid the massive debt, the ultimate debt that we could not settle on our own. Jesus was the sinless sacrifice that accomplished something that we couldn't do for ourselves. He redeemed us in our Father's eyes, saving us from an eternity of suffering. And honestly speaking, we do not deserve such a gift. The simple part of this is for us to simply accept the good news and then to share it with others. If you're wondering, how can I share this good news? Well, there are many ways to share his good news. But the simplest way I have found to explain what Jesus did is through the napkin illustration. You know, you don't have to be an artist to do this. You can just grab anything around you. And in my case, I have a napkin and a Sharpie. But since creation, we have been trying to reach God through our actions in an attempt to get closer to him. And in our actions, we are trying to close the gap but our actions have affected our relationship with him because we're trying to close this gap without him. We try to fill the gap and earn our salvation by following rules, doing good deeds through our success and in our relationships, but time after time, we fall short without him. We are separated from God in our attempt to earn his divine grace and mercy. There is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation and close the gap. It is what he has done that earns our salvation. Jesus became a man. His death served us justice for our sin and brokenness. Jesus took care of the hard part in love. So what's our part? Our part is to receive that gift that God is offering us in love through Christ. Now we have to accept it. Accept what he has done to provide an eternity with him. Then he calls us to share this gift with others. We have to do our part by sharing this good news with others so that they too can receive this gift freely. 
So as we kick off this new year, just remember that in our past, our works cannot earn our salvation. But today, because of his love for us, our works display our salvation. I know I'm not alone when I say that I get caught up in my own attempts to be good, do good, look good, feel good. Listen, I've been on the Christ journey for a long time, and I still need reminders like Pastor Rouse that it's not about what I do, it's about what Jesus has already done for me. He loves me, and he loves you too. And maybe that's the exact message you need to hear today as you sharpen your 2020 edge, that you are so loved by God, totally accepted by God, no strings attached. Now, who in your life needs to hear that exact same message? So find your evangelism edge and share your story You'll see just how quickly God will begin to move in you and take you to the next level of finding your edge. And for that, Pastor Lance is gonna take it away. I like guacamole. It's really delicious with these chips. You wanna know where guacamole came from? It came from these fruits, that's right came from avocados. You can't have guacamole without avocados. Jesus said to us in Matthew 28 verse 19, go and make disciples. Implicit in that statement, in that command, was that we aren't asked or required to make Christians. You see, biblically, that's the Holy Spirit's domain. None of us can say we took this, we made this avocado. That is God's domain. God made it but we can take the avocado, do some work with it, and then we're left with delicious guacamole. Similarly, none of us can say we made Christians. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Our job is that when someone has said yes to Christ, we are to be obedient to Christ and do the extra work of making disciples out of them. So let me propose three ways in which we can do that. First, let's sharpen our walk. What does that mean? simply means let's get close to Christ. Jesus said in John 15 verse 7, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done. Jesus is simply saying that we should be connected to him. How do we do that? Well, through the daily disciplines of Bible reading, of prayer, and of quiet time. In doing so, we draw closer to Christ and we are much more sensitive to his leaning into our lives. The second way in which we can be effective disciple makers is through walking our talk. What does that mean? It simply means that our lives will be a reflection of Christ in us. Jesus said in John chapter 13, this is how the world will know you are my disciples, by your love for each other. Our lives should be a reflection of Christ's love for the world and for each other. The third way in which we can be effective disciple-makers is that we should be present. Simply means that we should devote ourselves to doing the work of being present in the lives of those who are following after Christ. Jesus was present in the lives of 12 men, and over three years he poured into them, and we call them the first disciples of Christ. But not just them, he poured himself into others also. Jesus is asking us to be present, to be ready and available 
to lead others so that they can be disciple makers. Let me suggest one way that we can do that. How about mentoring someone? Can you think of someone in your life right now that you can pour yourself into, be a mentor for? If you can't think of someone, prayerfully ask God to lead someone to you because in so doing, you can be at the forefront of leading others on this discipleship path. So let's review. Let us sharpen our walk, draw close to Christ. Let us walk our talk. Let our lives reflect the character of Jesus through our love for each other and the world around us. And finally, let us be present. That is, we choose to pour ourselves into others so that they too can be disciples. What an awesome way to live life on the edge. I love guacamole. Life on the edge. Now, discipleship isn't the first word that comes to mind when I think about that. But if the edge is where I have to trust God to go beyond myself, then yeah, being real with my walk and my talk and my relationships as a daughter, a sister, a wife, a mom, a friend, and a leader, that's where I go to the edge with God and I have to trust Him beyond myself. And I wanna get better at the ebb and flow of life, being both a, a follower, a learner, and a leader, a teacher. And that's discipleship, the D of our edge. And we're moving on now to the G, and I think you're gonna like this from Pastor Jacob. When we think about generosity and how it applies to church life, there's three T words that come to mind and they flow together so well, time, talents, and treasures. We know that time and talents can be volunteering or serving and that treasures is our finances or something valuable. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, each of you should give in your heart what you have decided to give, not reluctantly or out of compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Have you ever wanted to be more generous, but you just couldn't make it happen? Have you ever wanted to join a volunteer team, but you were too busy to serve? Or you felt like now's the time to tithe, but you're too broke to give? Or maybe you're in a different season. Maybe you've been serving for a long time and it's time to invite someone else to join you. Or you've been giving part of your paycheck for years and it's time to stretch yourself and give a little more. How do you sharpen your generosity edge? How can you take your faith to the next level when it comes to giving of time, talent, and treasure? Remember this one thing, maximize your margin. Maximize your margin. What is margin? In business, we know that margin is the difference between the cost of producing a product and its selling price. It's what's left over, the product margin. Or if you've ever had to write an essay, you know the margin is the edge of the paper, the extra room you have to write. How do you maximize your margin? Two things I want you to take away from today. Number one, love yourself. Love yourself. First John says, we love because Jesus first loved us. And whenever we read Luke chapter 10, verse 27, which reads, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We see a clear call there to love your neighbor, love others, but that's because of a healthy self-love, the as yourself. 
This is not a selfish, vain, or conceited love that screams, it's all about me, but it's a humble, obedient love that screams, it's all about Jesus. How do you love yourself better? Believe the gospel. Jesus has saved us. We are loved and forgiven. Jesus is saving us. We can do all them things through him who give us strength, and Jesus will save us. We have a hope and a future to look forward to because it is in his hands. Jesus was willing to give his life for us. He has transformed us, and Jesus welcomed us into his family. Whenever we love ourselves and realize how valuable we are, then we can start taking steps and actions to maximize our margin. How do we do that? How do we take steps to maximize our margin? That brings me to number two, lead yourself. How do you lead yourself better? I talked to some friends that are not parents. We were talking about raising kids and they could not imagine having the time to do so. I feel the same way. Then I spoke to some friends that are parents and they feel the exact same way, but they manage to do it. How does that happen? They don't just magically get more time. It's because they maximized their margin. What was mornings and nights of busyness and responsibility turned into quality time to raise kids and take care of a family. I used to be a fitness trainer when I first moved to Miami. I helped people get in really good physical shape. Well, here at Christ Journey, we know that there are other areas of life that can be invested in and improved upon to help you be your best self. Enter the five fits. Spiritual fitness, mental or emotional fitness, physical fitness, relational fitness, and financial fitness. We believe these five areas are the starting point of leading yourself better and maximizing your margin. Spiritual fitness, the first and most important. This can be quiet time, Bible reflection, being still before the Lord, spending time with your church community. Whenever your soul is fed by the God of creation, you have renewed energy and capacity to do things you never thought you could do. Mental or emotional, this can be rest, meditation, self-care, counseling. Have you ever been stressed or anxious? I know I have. Whenever you have poor mental health, it kills your ability to do the things you want to do and the things you have to do. Physical fitness, one of my favorites. Proper nutrition, exercise, sleep, getting enough sleep. When you don't spend all your time in the doctor or you're not at home sick, you have more time and energy to do the things that matter most. Relational fitness, your family, friends, coworkers, your community. When you have healthy personal relationships, you're able to love others and your community better. And finally, financial fitness. Financial fitness can be improved by going to financial workshops like Financial Peace University, which we offer at Christ Journey, or learning to budget, and more importantly, following a budget, or even learning to invest. We believe these five areas can help you improve yourself, lead yourself, and maximize your margin. When you maximize your margin, you create more moments for generosity more moments to share your time, talent, and treasures. Believe that you are God's beloved. Invite someone to serve with you. Join a serve team. Help somebody with their finances. Stretch yourself, give a little more. Teach somebody something new because teaching is learning twice. Maybe, you, maybe one of these things I just said or one of the five fits is resonating with you. I challenge you to think about that one area and focus on it this month. I know New Year's resolutions are coming up, but there's no time like the present. You were made for more and you can do it. Love yourself, lead yourself, maximize your margin, and let the generosity flow.
maximize your margin. Who wouldn't want some extra margin in 2020? And I agree that loving yourself and leading yourself are the ways to get there. You know, I commented to a friend of mine one time about how generous she always is to me. And I told her that I'd like the opportunity to be generous to her sometime. Do you know what she said back to me? Just do it. In her mind, generosity is just a simple decision. You do it. And my mind was renewed that day. I went from thinking, oh, I hope I could be more generous, I wish I could be more generous, to thinking, how will I be generous to somebody today? And God began to show me in detail the ways that he was maximizing my margin to give of my time, my talent, and my treasure to him, but by serving others. You know, generosity has been a mark on our church since the very beginning of our gathering. And here's Pastor Ryan with our second E and our final word on edge. Four and a half years ago, I moved to the City Beautiful. And shortly after that, Christ Journey ordained me as one of their pastoral leaders. And the passage that I chose for my ordination verse was a passage that rocked my world in college. It's from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 27, a short verse that simply says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's one of the great promises of the New Testament. And you know the best part about it? It's not just true of pastors being ordained, but it's true literally for everybody. This means that as the Spirit of Jesus comes alive in you, that God expands your capacity and leads you into glory, into eternity. In fact, every single one of you have been given a charge. In the letter to the church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul wrote, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. That's a declarative statement that is true for every single person. You have been given a calling, and you are empowered. And as we live empowered, we live with an eye toward the future. You know, I often think, what keeps us from living into this kind of empowered life? And at least for me, everything that keeps me from looking ahead are the things that keep me looking behind. The sins of my past, the shame that I once felt, the guilt that I once used to know. You know, I often think about what keeps us from living into our empowered future. And at least for me, what keeps me from looking forward are all of the things that keep me grounded in the past. The sins of my past, the shame, the guilt of my past. But the good news of Jesus says that in Christ, God redeemed you, which means God bought back your past. God bought your whole life, including your future. So stay focused, stay in the race. And every time you wanna look behind you, instead, look ahead of you. We're also empowered to, with a vision toward purpose. As empowered men and women, we've been called also to empower others, to help others lead a life worthy of their calling, to help others obey Jesus, and to receive His grace and mercy every single day. And also, we're called to do this with a foundation of legacy. The Apostle Paul wrote to a young Timothy in his second letter saying this, you have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by reliable witnesses. Now, young Timothy, you are empowered to teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Living a life on the edge, living a life empowered is like 
having your fuse lit to be launched out to soar. And as we soar, we're not meant to soar alone. We're actually called to help light other fuses and help empower others to live their life. You know, some of you might be thinking, yeah, I've barely had anyone do this to me. And I can hardly imagine doing this for someone else. I can hardly imagine what it would look like for me to actually light the fuse of someone else. Well, friend, hear me tell you this. God desires to redeem you from that too. God desires to redeem those places in your life that didn't work out. God desires to redeem those places in your life that you hoped for and longed for, but never came to fruition. So instead of living back there, instead, live with your eyes pointed to your future and be the mentor that you needed. Be the father that you longed for as a child. Be the spouse that your spouse longs for. Be the business leader that leads with principles and character and integrity that you needed as an up-and-coming business leader yourself in your company. And ultimately, be the man or the woman that God desires you to be. I believe in 2020, this will be one of our greatest years as a church. I believe this will be an opportunity for us this next year to live a life fully empowered by the grace of God. I believe 2020 will be one of our greatest years as a church. You are empowered. So let's live on the edge together. What could your 2020 look like with a sharper edge? Everybody loves a good story, and I'm pretty sure you've got one, because God is good and only makes good things. He writes great stories with the happiest of endings that last forever. If you're a Christ follower, then the truth is that somebody's evangelism edge helped you understand that. If you're not a Christ follower, I pray that Pastor Ralph's opening comments give you a clear and simple understanding of the gospel, that God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that your sins, all of them, would be forgiven and your happy ending is secure forever in heaven. In fact, if there's anyone listening right now who's ready to make a decision to receive that good news of the gospel personally, simply pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong things I have done. I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins and I trust you for forgiveness. Come into my life and help me be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You can let us know that you just made that decision by clicking on the orange banner on your screen. And congratulations, you've just been evangelized. Welcome to the family and way to go on stepping out on the first E of edge. It's the first step we all take. Then in time and with growth and maturity and faith, we sharpen our spiritual edge with discipleship, generosity, and empowerment, E-D-G-E. -E. The deeper we go with God, the sharper our edge becomes. That's just how it works. We tell our stories, we make disciples, we decide to be more and more generous, and we bring others into the experience of finding their kingdom edge. There's no way we do this on our own. It just doesn't work. But when we let God do His work in us and through us, there is no stopping his church. A people on the edge, in cities on the edge that cover a world on edge. A world that God loves and that he created you to be a part of. 2020, we're coming for you. Happy New Year.